Blog Talk Radio. Right now, it's the seven-seeded Wichita State Shockers. And you've seen this name before. And you know what? This program is not known for huge NCAA tournament runs, but we knew they had the potential last year. It got bumped by a Kentucky team that was on a mission. And I think a year later, Wichita State, with the experience they have, going into their matchup with Notre Dame in Cleveland on Thursday night at 7-15. I think this is a fascinating matchup. It's the backcourt of Ron Baker as well as Fred Van Vliet. And how about Van Vliet, folks? 13 points per game, over five dishes per game, two steals per game. Fred Van Vliet does it all. And on the other side for Notre Dame, it's Jerry and Grant and company. Can Notre Dame figure out a way? to be able to carry some balance offensively? That is the question at hand. I thought against Northeastern, their round of 64 matchup, that Notre Dame got away from that. They need Pat Connaughton to be not only the scorer, but the rebounder that he's been. They need to be able to fight on the glass against a Wichita State team that will. Okay, uh, This is no Clay Anthony early Wichita State, but this is a Wichita State that Literally, literally to the woodshed. And if Zach August and Notre Dame aren't ready to go, they're going to lose this game. And I think this is the most fascinating of the Sweet 16 matchups between Notre Dame and Wichita State. Because you've got a Shockers team that has experience, a Notre Dame team that hasn't been in this role in over a decade. It's hard to believe. And the Irish just sometimes, to me, I still am one. I just don't fully trust them. Didn't trust them against Northeastern. Had them winning that game. They're not having the Sweet 16. 
but they need their posts. So Zach August and Pat Kanaan is not this big-time post player, but he knows how to rebound. They need those guys to do it. Wichita State does not play Anthony Early Wichita State. Well, you know from last year, but they have a great, great, great backcourt, and they have guys that can do a little bit of everything. It's the kind of team they are. You share the ball well, and when Van Vliet, Baker, and then Tequil Cotton, who averages three dishes per game, also in double figures. When they get going, that trio is really, really tough to stop. And sometimes on Notre Dame's side, Gary and Grant doesn't get as much help. We welcome in Zach Bronsler from the New York Post to break down the Sweet 16. We'll talk coaching scenarios in college basketball in just a little bit. Zach, I think the most fascinating matchup, and we thank you for joining us here on Late Night Hoops, is the first one on Thursday night. I really think Notre Dame-Wichita State is fascinating. Which Sweet 16 matchup fascinates you and why? Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go where I am, out in L.A. Uh, I, think, uh, I think North Carolina-Wisconsin is, is going to be a really good game. Uh, <clears throat> Wisconsin hasn't been very impressive so far. Let's be honest. You know, they, they, they you know, struggled a little with Coastal Carolina. They, they had problems with Oregon. And North Carolina looks very good here, you know. Um, now, there's a chance Wisconsin could get senior point guard Travion Jackson back. He's in practice. Yeah. He's expected to play. Uh, I think it's a really interesting game. You obviously have the athletes of North Carolina. They're going to obviously try to go up and down. And, and you have Wisconsin's, you know, slow-paced style. Uh, they're obviously a very good offensive team. I, I think it's intriguing. I really do. I, I think North Carolina can win this game. It, if they if they play well, if they shoot the ball well, I, I, Wisconsin has not looked great so far this tournament. Um, I think it's a very interesting game. I, I obviously love Notre Dame Wichita. The, the two, the backcourt matchup to me is fascinating. The only problem with Notre Dame Wichita is that the winners are going to get their doors blown off in the uh, regional final. But uh, it should be a should be a fun game though, definitely. Wouldn't it make for fun to see Wichita and Kentucky? Once again, a year after Wichita State really got that tough draw. I mean, I agree with you. I just don't see anybody still stepping into the Wildcats pathway. Zach, I think it's very over-dramatized here. The Bob Huggins has this advantage over John Calipari and has had his numbers before. Zach, get, get out of here. This West Virginia team knows how to pressure, but here's the thing. When Kentucky, and they're going to get past that pressure, what's going to happen when they've got complete just big men from wing to wing, just going towards the rim. I mean, it's it's going to be Dunk City in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, Calipari is no doubt he's smart now. He's got to use Ulis a lot because the Harrisons are not good ball handlers. That They will turn the ball over against that pressure a ton. Um, use mm-hmm. the little freshman. That'll create fast breaks. It'll create dumps. And it'll create the Kentucky route. But if he, you know, if he if he if he uses the Harrisons too much, it'll give West Virginia a chance to to get to, to really get into that game and maybe even lead early because those those guys do not handle pressure well. And West Virginia, we know, really presses pressures the balls as well as anyone. Zach Brasler from the New York Post joining us here on Late Night Hoops. He is out west with coverage this week as they are out at the Staples Center. That should be a fun thing. Getting back to North Carolina and Wisconsin. I mean to tell you, Zach, I think I told you this before the tournament began, but Marcus Page had to get help, and somebody would have to really drive the offense. And how about the way J.P. Tokido is driving it? What do you think kind of has gotten him going? Because it seems like they're a different team when J.P. Tokido is playing the way that he's been playing. Yeah, and obviously it's a, consistency is the, na- is the name of the game. I mean, they're 
There are a ton of guys out there like that. Uh, he's got to play well. There's, been a, there's no doubt about it. That North Carolina needs to have everyone hitting on all cylinders. But I, I think it's a game that – I think it's a winnable game. I, I really do. I mean, we've seen North Carolina play with Duke. You know, we've seen North Carolina play with some of the best teams in the country. We've seen North Carolina beat mm-hmm. some of the best teams in the country. There's no reason they can't win this game, especially with the way Wisconsin has played so far. Zach, let's explore this angle. How big of a game is this for Roy Williams? He's taken some heat as of late. You know, I think the fact that he got to the Sweet 16 helps. Um, I was a little down on him during the season, but they they really finished strong. They've had a solid tournament. They lose a tough game to Wisconsin. I, I don't see him taking any heat. I really don't. Um, now, they get slowed out here, maybe. But I think I think he's helped ease the heat. But with having a strong regular season after a slow start and obviously getting to the Sweet 16, uh, you know, Tony Bennett didn't get to the Sweet 16. You know, there's some good coaches. Jay Wright didn't get to the Sweet 16. There are a lot of good coaches that lose that first weekend. He, he didn't. So I, I think that obviously works in his favor. Zach Bresler joining us here from the New York Post. We will get to some Sweet 16 uh, picks potentially later on in the show. Zach, you take a look at some of the other headlines around this tournament, and once again, in the East. I thought the East could get a little crazy, but you know what? It really isn't all that crazy at all. Michigan State is doing it all over again. It just seems like no matter who's out on the floor for them, Tom Izzo knows how to produce success. What does it come down to when you look at a team like Michigan State? Why are they able to do it? Um, you know, I got a lot of people made fun of me with for my Michigan State Final Four pick. Um, Great pick. You know what? Yeah, well, look, they still got to win two more games. I mean, you got to look. The, <laughs> tra- the the key to that team is Travis Trice. He went from a reserve a year ago to becoming a star this year. Um, it's it's just it's the system they have. It's just the, it's the history. These guys, by the time they're seniors, are just ready to take that mantle of being a big-time player. It's just the way it works. I'll be honest, I wasn't really impressed by Michigan State in their first game. I was a little iffy on that pick. I didn't think they were going to beat Virginia, but they they played a big-time game. Brandon Dawson, a senior, is going to be a great NBA player. I I think he's a prototypical small forward at the next level. He's a big-time athlete. Um, You know, they've gotten some nice – Nice production from some other guys. It's just they expect to win these games, you know. Some teams go in there, they hope to win, or they play not to lose. Michigan State expects to win in March. It's it's because of the coach. It's because of the the, the players they have who, who've seen it before. It, it's yeah. an expectation, you know. Uh, now, look, it's going to be a tough game. Oklahoma's are very good. I think Oklahoma's underrated all year. I always liked them. They have the three really good guards. They have some good inside players. It's going to be a very, very tough game. Uh, I you know I, I really thought Oklahoma was overlooked coming into this tournament. I don't think people realized how good they are. Their three guards could go up against anyone. Uh, Buddy Heald, Isaiah Cousins from Mount Vernon, and Jordan Woodard are, are very good, and they're so different. And it's going to be a tough matchup for Michigan State, but I I can see that game going on either way. They obviously have NC State and Louisville, which you know very few people I'm sure picked that game in. It's very interesting. I mean, you look at NC State's team; they have, you know, they have so much talent. I think they just stuck it to the tournament. I mean, they they are loaded with with, with ability. It's it's unbelievable how talented they are. I think you're gonna have an NC State Michigan State uh, regional final. How about that? An NC State Michigan State regional final. I agree with you. 
I look at Louisville, and you know what? They barely got past UC Irvine. The loss of Chris Jones has really affected them. Am I right, Zach? Yeah, I mean, they got Clinton Snyder, a freshman, who's played very well. You know, they don't win, beat UC Irvine without him. He had 16 points, and they, they were very impressed against Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa, let's be honest, was very disappointed. To, they, you know, they, they never really were in that game in the second half. I was like, so disappointed for Northern Iowa, especially because what you see from Wichita every year in the tournament, you would expect more from them. But give Louisville credit, they're in the Sweet 16. I just. I just don't see that they have that much there. I think NC State's going to beat them. I love the NC State guards. Cat Barber is a tremendous point guard. Um, they have the, they have the big freshman uh, Malika Du. He's playing great now after an up and down uh, regular season. I I really think the NC State Michigan State uh, elite eight game. Let's go down to Houston. Utah takes on Duke and the Utes. They went 26. They're now 26 and 8. 26 and 8. A five seed. I thought that was pretty appropriate. Could have been a four. I, I still think the Georgetown ordeal, them being overseeded, could, could have Utah at the four. It doesn't matter. They're now in the Sweet 16. Delam Wright. I still think because Utah is in the location it's in, Zach, he, he may be one of the best players that still not enough people know about. And you know what? This Utah team, they don't do anything like overly flashy, they shoot the basketball well. What are they going to have to do to be able to beat Duke? You know, I, I really think the two South games Friday night are basically, you know, I, they could be interesting. I, I'd be stunned if we don't have Duke and Zaga Sunday in Houston. I, I, I really agree. would be. I, I, I mean, let's be real. Utah had a Utah got an easy, easy uh, round of 32 game with Georgetown. Georgetown, who should have been a six <laughs> or seven seed, they did not belong to be a, deserve to be a four seed. You know, and then you look at UCLA, mm-hmm. who number one seed deserves to be in the tournament. And they get a gift goaltending. <laughs> and then they get a gift matchup with UAB in round of 32. You know, Gonzaga's <laughs> going to beat them by 25. Um, I, look, I could see Utah giving Duke a game. Utah, like you said, they're well-coached. They're, they're a good team. I just I just don't think they have the horses. I was so impressed with Duke against San Diego State. Julio Okafor looks healthy and is playing his butt off. Um, Justice Winslow, I don't think people realize how good Justice Winslow is. Um, he is a. He's going to be a top six, seven pick. He's going to be a great NBA player. He's an athletic freak. Quinn Cook is playing great. I, I, I really, really. You got a Duke and Zaga regional final to me is going to be tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Zach, we kept saying that Xavier was the weirdest team in the country. I think it may be NC State now. But if there's a second weirdest team, or if those two are at the top, they're both in the Sweet Sixteen. The Xavier Musketeers. You know what? The interesting thing about them is, on any given night, they've got multiple different guys, whether it's D. Davis, Miles Davis, Jalen Reynolds, uh, Matt Stainbrook, that can hurt you and that can go for 20 points. The problem is, at times, they just look very stagnant and they get away from their game. When they're firing on all cylinders, they're a very good team, but it's the same team uh, that a team like Seton Hall got its second-to-last win against this season. I would be shocked if we didn't see Arizona in the Elite Eight. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good matchup for Xavier. You know, Arizona's really – teams that are really strong inside give Xavier problems because that's how they have to score. They have to pound you. And they're not going to be able to pound Arizona. Arizona's too good. Not, I love Arizona. I think Arizona's going to go to the Final Four. I picked Wisconsin, but I, I think Arizona's <laughs> going to the Final yeah. Four. I think they'll give Duke a great game. They are a tremendous defensive team. They're scoring the ball better than they have all year. 
Gabe York has really added a dimension for the perimeter. T.J. McConnell is so underrated nationally. He is a tremendous college basketball point guard. Um, obviously, then they have the athletes with Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and they got size. And, you know, I I really think Arizona is going to win very handily over Xavier. I really don't think it'll be competitive. Zach, since you're out west, I'll ask you this. Does it say anything about the Pac-12 that we keep getting these team teams uh, UCLA, yeah, we we just keep. It seems like every year we get kind of a pop up Sweet Sixteen, Big Twelve team. Does this say anything about that league? Yeah, I mean, I think people like me underrated it. I mean, clearly, you know, Arizona deserved the one. We gave they gave a two probably because of the conference. Uh, you have Utah Sweet Sixteen, and there's UCLA. I mean, I think people underrate that league. That league is good. It's a good league every year. You know, we overrate the Big Twelve. We underrate the Pac Twelve. Yeah, how about that with the Big 12 and the way that that has performed? On top of that, I expect a little bit more on the Big East. And it starts with Villanova, the one seed. I mean, it's tough for the league. I thought the Big East could have three Sweet 16 teams in there. I, I had a lot of faith in Butler. I thought they didn't have all that bad of a draw. And then on top of that, you know what? Uh, I looked at things. I, I mean, I did not have Xavier going this far. It just goes to show you that that's why the, they play the games. But I had Providence. But you know what? They, I'll ask you this. Let's go to this. What do you make of the whole argument about the Flyers having the home court advantage? Essentially, I mean, Zach, it is what it is. Would you have done something differently though? Had you been the committee? I haven't asked you about that. Yeah, I mean, my my whole thing with the game being at Dayton, I didn't have an issue with. I didn't think Dayton should have been a playing team anyway. Uh, I thought they were well seeded, so I didn't have an issue. So I, I didn't have an issue there. I mean, yeah. But you know what? Teams play home, get close to home all the time in this tournament. You have a million locations. Yeah, I think they should try to avoid it. But I didn't have a huge problem with it. You know, it, yes, they had home court at Angel Columbus. That's that's obvious. But I I, I just I didn't have as, as big an issue because they were underseeded to begin with. They should have had to play someone as good as Providence in the first round. They should have had to play a play the game. So while they got a favor done for them, they also had, were given it the service by having to play a player. Zach Bresler from the New York Post, who also has great coverage throughout the season, exclusively around the metro area, especially with the St. John's Red Storm. And, Zach, there have been some rumors and talks about head coach Steve Lavin and his future at 11:18 on this Tuesday night. What are you hearing? Um, it's... You know, it's they've been deathly quiet. Um, the school, there are rumors flying everywhere. I, I, at the end of the day, I think I think Lavin is going to be out. That's what people are telling me. Um, I think the president is taking his time. He's a new president. He's only been on the job for eight months. He's he wants to gather mm-hmm. information. He wants to make a smart decision. Um, he's got a lot of different people telling him a lot of different things. But I think at the end of the day, the fact that there are no players, well, there are very few players in tow for next year. The fact that this team, in my opinion, is underachieved the last two years. Um, the fact that you had a the day of the selection committee, you had one of the key players, you know, getting suspended for for smoking marijuana. Uh, I think there are just a lot of issues that people at the pro in the program are not happy with. They're not happy with the reputation this coaching staff has of not being the hardest workers. Um, this 2015 was supposed to be a huge recruiting class. It hasn't. They have one impact player. They're losing. They could be losing their top six players. Next year could be a very, very, very bad season. 
Uh, you look at this this program under Steve Lavin, five years, they've yet to run a, a, any semblance of a half-court offense. It's, you know, it's a lot of isolations, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, basically. One-on-one-on-one, on one on one, yeah. Right. You, you, you know, there's there's no there's no system. You watch some other teams play, and they run set plays. They get open shots. You just don't see that with St. John. I think that's another issue. Um, I, I I think they could go. You know, I, I wouldn't fault the school for going either way. Lavin has done some good things in St. John's, but I also think there's some candidates out there they think would be upgrades. And I, to be honest, I don't disagree. Who would be your choice? I mean, since you talk about those candidates, who's out there? You know, you you've got uh you obviously have Danny Hurley out there at Rhode Island. He's a local guy. Uh, you know, he's done great re- rebuilding Wagner and out Rhode Island. Um, you have Steve Massiello over at Manhattan. He's you know, a lot of people feel like he would St. John's would be his dream job. He you know he's a local guy also. Then you have former St. John's people, players who their rumors are interested. Mark Jackson, Chris Mullen. Um, you know, obviously Archie Miller's a hot day, but I, I just don't see the connection in the Northeast for him. Um, yeah. If I, I don't know why he would hire, be I, I, hire, I hire Danny Hurley. Um, I think he has the passion. I think he, he has the gravitas that he would, be, he would be a home run here. I think local, you know, one big thing is there's just been a disconnect between the staff and the, and the area. You know, they, they don't have what, uh, the one New York City player they have on the roster in Dallas and Rosa, they qualify this year. Um, I, I just think they, I think he would be the right guy for the job. Now, would he be willing to, to leave Rhode Island? I don't know that. Um, I, you know, he's got a, obviously got a great thing going. St. John has a coach at the moment. There's there's a lot up in the air. Zach Bresler joining us from the New York Post covers college basketball exclusively here in the metro area. And Zach, the Fordham Rams. I didn't think they would actually do it. But they did get rid of Tom Pacora. I think it's the right move for this program. The question is, uh, what do they do now? And there's a certain man from Albany that they're courting. Yeah, um, Will, Will Brown interviewed today. There obviously there's some other people uh, involved. There's, you know, Steve Pico from Stony Brook is is a, is a candidate. Kevin Baguette from uh, Ryder is also a candidate. Uh, the guy, I, I haven't heard about him interviewing with the guy. If I'm for him, I go and try to get is Andy Tool from Robert Morris. I think Andy is a, he's a Jersey guy. He's a great coach. He's a very good recruiter. To me, you know, I, I've been saying this, if, if St. Charles is going to hire a new coach and for Fordham, don't hire the guy you think is making a splash. Do not hire the guy you think wins the press conference. Hire the guy who's going to be a coach. That, you know, too many times when you're looking for a new coach, you're looking at what are, what's going to get us headlines? What's what's going to make a splash? You want to win basketball games. You don't want to win the press conference. You know that. To to make the analogy, I'm a, you know, look at the Jet the Jets over in football did in New York this year. They did they went and they hired two smart football men who it looks like have had a great offseason. They yeah. they weren't guys who were who were press conference hits. But you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean anything. You want to win games. And to me, that's what Ford should be doing, higher than the right basketball guy. And that's obviously if St. John's decides to go in the other direction, that's what I would be doing as well. Zach Bresler from the New York Post joining us. Another vacancy out there is DePaul. And they've got money. They've got a facility in the works. That looks like it might be a pretty desirable place. One name on the docket appears to be Bryce Drew from Valpo. You know what? That might be a choice there, Zach, of a guy who coaches. He coaches. He might not be the biggest splash, but he coaches. 
Yeah, I, I, I would have a problem with Bryce Drew. DePaul, I mean, DePaul's got players in the program. They got the new facility. They There's do. No yeah. reason DePaul should not be better, but they gotta, they gotta make, they gotta make the right move here. You know, they gotta go get someone good. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's really important to the league that DePaul starts to, to improve a little bit. You know, I, I wouldn't mind Bryce Drew. I, I heard about Bobby Hurley also today. I, I think Bobby Hurley is gonna be an absolute coaching superstar. You know, I, I would mean, I would endorse him anywhere. Uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous coach too. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's uh, you know, lots up. To, a lot is up to the air in the uh, in the local area now. So it's going to be interesting. Well, well, you know what? One thing that really is not all that up in the air, um, or at least you know, from from what I can see, it it would look that Seton Hall uh, is going to go ahead and and continue to have Kevin Willard. Uh, at the helm, and I think that Kevin, you know what, has shown the spurts. Seton Hall showed a surge last year, uh, this past season. Really showed that they have the potential. Uh, they've got a great player in Angel Delgado. They've got Sterling Gibbs, who looked like he is coming back. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead did not exactly pan out in his freshman year, but you got to think now picking up Miles Carter, if they can get somebody else in here as well, that class certainly gets bolstered. Your thoughts on the Pirates? You know what, Zach? They show potential. They could put it all together. Uh, they could be kind of a, another under the radar team here in the Big East, but they they've kind of got to make or break year next year. Yeah, it's going to be a huge year for Kevin Willard uh, next year. You know, I like um, I like Miles Carter. He's a big kid. You know, people forget they have another six eight kid who didn't play this year, Mike Nazay. He was a partial qualifier. Yeah, um, he will definitely help inside. Um, I. It, you know they could use a point guard and they could use a, a big guy, one or the other. I, I don't know if they. I don't think they, have, they might not have room for both. Um, I, and I think I think people were you know a little hard on Isaiah White had he missed five weeks with a broken foot. You know it was hard for him to get back in a rhythm. There were obviously other issues. I I've been, I've been told he's going to spend the entire summer at Las Vegas working with a, a personal trainer. Uh, Correct. Just remind, going from everything I've been heard, hearing about what he's going to do, it reminds me of him going into the uh, summer for his senior year when he went from being a, kind of a kid who had fallen back to being one of the best players in the country. You know, this kid, he's he's motivated. He's motivated to prove people wrong. I, I'm expecting a huge year from him next year. Zach, I got to tell you, I still don't know if, if he'll get enough credit going into next season, but I'll mark it down right now. Angel Delgado has superstar potential, does he not? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize he can score as well as he could. Uh, you know, I I think Angel Delgado is going to be a first-team Big East player next year. And I think and you seem to like Carrington really, and Rodriguez, really, correct? Yeah, I like them all. I mean, I think Carrington and Rodriguez, they hit a wall. He hit that first wall late in the year. They played a ton of minutes. I like some of the, I like some of the, the um, people see the hall breaking in. Uh, they they look like they're a team that can go eight nine deep. I still think they need a a junior college big guy to really help inside. A, you know, a guy who's experienced. Uh, but I, yeah. I I think Seton Hall could be top four or five in the Big East next year. They are loaded with talent. A lot of teams are losing guys. They're only really you know they're really only losing very little. Um, I they can be very good next year. I really do. You know, they, Kevin's got to get work. Cause he's got to make sure everyone's on the same page. But to me, that's the bigger question of the talent. They to me, there's not a question of talent. They're going to be loaded next year. All right, we got two minutes left to go here. Let's go rapid fire. Kentucky, West Virginia. I assume you have the Wildcats. Yeah, you want to give you want me to give you my elite eight? 
Go ahead. All right. K- Kentucky, Wichita State. Kentucky is going to win that region. Uh, Wisconsin, Arizona. Arizona is going to win that region. I'm flipping, but I just think Arizona is playing too well. Uh, Michigan State over NC State. I got to I got to stick with my Spartans, obviously. And then I'm going Gonzaga over Duke. I, I just I don't think people realize how good Gonzaga is this year. I really don't. Uh, I, you know, they got they got Kevin Pagos. He's a tremendous point guard. The, the freshman, no one, no, the freshman, nobody realizes how good he is. It is the Sabonis. Sabonis. He is tremendous. He played great in the round of 32. He's going to be a huge breakout star this weekend. And so you, there you go. Uh, Arizona, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Michigan State. How good is that Final Four? Oh my gosh. I mean, that is just nasty. That's nasty Final Four that we have. We first got the Sweet 16, and you will have coverage out in L.A. Zach Brosler, thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Have fun out at the Staples Center. That is Zach Brosler from the New York Post. We thank him, as always, for joining us. Tomorrow at 11, Matt Norlander from CBS. One of the big men in the country. I mean, he's one of the best. He's one of the points in college basketball coverage. Matt Norlander from CBS, big time website editor there at cbssports.com. has coverage every day of college basketball. So much fun. We're going to ask him a lot of fun questions. We'll go around the tournament. We'll get his opinion. We're getting you ready for the Sweet 16. It's on Thursday. We cannot wait. And follow us at collegehoopsdigest.com and at NCAA Hoops Digest on Twitter and at John underscore Fanta on Twitter. Follow us at Late Night Hoops. I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody. See you.